Shout out for everyone. Good morning, Aotearoa, and everyone else watching. My name is Isaa. I'm here with Hannah and Therese. And our special guest for today on your Pacific morning show, the former <laughs> IWGP Tag Team Champion of the World, former Never Open Weight Six Man Tag Team Champion of the World, former IWGP Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion of the World, the Rogue General. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> wow. I think we'll need to put a better song over there. Welcome. To, honestly, thank you. Thank you. So honored to have you here. Thank you so much for coming in. How are you today? Good, good. Very, very, very happy. I'm surrounded by positive people and that's what I like. Oh. Did you see that? I'm called positive today. <laughs> <laughs> I have the heart. I watched the documentary, don't worry. Um, yes. Uh, uh, no, welcome. Thank Funny. you. Happy to have you here, and uh, good to uh, not see you when uh, when I'm sweating bricks up there at the, uh, <laughs> over at the dojo. Right, because um, you tra you guys train together, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. I, uh, yeah, I went and found this man, and he welcomed me with open arms. And I don't know if he regrets that welcoming or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing though, because now he can do uh, more training than I can. Hey. Um, Wow. Yeah, well. So you do 2,000 squats? <laughs> <laughs> so one, one squat of his is equals to my 100 squats. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but soon, soon, <laughs> soon. I, I got to get back into it because uh, uh, life just comes in. and Anyway, let's not talk about that. It's not about me. <laughs> right? And the 1,000 squats no, that you do all the time. squats. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, do you guys want to get into your guys' talk, talk of the day? Yeah, let's you, do it. Talk um, of the day over there. For sure. Yeah, talk, talk funny of the day. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, I'll start this off. My one's very boring. You guys know I'm into politics. But, um, Rawiri. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. David Seymour posted a tweet of a video that they captured of him um, asking Rawiri, why is he racist, David Seymour? So he was trying to bait him and say, why am I racist? Tell me specifically what I said that was racist. And they were talking about co-governance mm. at the time. Mm. Mm. Yep. And, and Rawiri said, that's, you know, I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty that's on you. Yeah. And He's to right. be honest, yeah, I agree with Rawiri. Like, yeah. It's not our job to educate like white people yeah. as to why they, they act a certain way. No. And he doesn't owe you an explanation either, unless you pay him. So, Yeah, that's that. emotional labor. Yeah. We should be paid for that. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think you I might. You should put that in your, in your in, invoices. In invoice. <laughs> yeah. Every time you explain racism to a white person, we should get a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that I'll means, take that job. Yeah. <laughs> This is reparations, man. Reparations for what? <laughs> for being brown? Uh, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that too. <laughs> yeah. I'll take any money. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, man. Nah, that's crazy. You know what? I like Rawiri. Yeah. Like, so he's very straightforward in what he says. And I'm honestly thinking about flipping my vote to Modi Party this, mm. week, this year. Damn. I didn't even know why I said that out in public. Yeah, you exposed yourself. I don't care. Who'd you come from? The Greens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came from the Greens. I voted for the Greens last election. But honestly, if you pay me, I'll vote for your party. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow. no. <laughs> Can we cut that out, please? <laughs> We're not that no, no, desperate, no, no, guys. No, no, no. If you fund um, this podcast, no. you'll vote for your party. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, what is it for? Yeah, for him to be like, nah, it's not worth my time. Mm. Not worth my time explaining this to you. This is something that you should know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, makes sense. And David Seymour cut it out from his interview, thinking it'll benefit his him. Yeah. <clears throat> and there were a lot of people who liked and shared it, but man, media, too divisive. Eh? Never trust media. Never trust what you see or hear through your screen. Oh. <laughs> Turn his mic off. <laughs> Tonks, what do you think about the... 
Oh, that situation. I had, I can't really comment on it because I haven't seen the clip. Yeah. But uh, listening to you guys, uh, I, I talk about it all the time. I'm a big supporter of, uh, of uh, what's his name? Winston Peters. Winston Peters. Oh, because cool. throughout all these years, he was the Maori guy. Mm. You know, all so many years of labor, national labor, national. I gravitated to him because he was Maori. Mm. And New Zealand First was one of the only parties back then who was trying to speak or had a voice for us, even Islanders, because back then not many Islanders was in politics. Yeah. So I still support Winston if he comes back. Let's go, Winston. I, I know his track record. Right. Mm -hmm. That's mean. <laughs> Winston, you still have supporters. Right here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know enough about yeah. I like yeah. Winston Peters. I yelled a question to him yeah. at uni from C Space <laughs> down to the quad and he looked up and he answered it and I was like You know what? Winnie P I like you G. Winnie P Winnie P on that on that first on that nickname basis? Nice, nice. What are you laughing at? It's Winston Peters. What's Winnie P now? I'm never gonna call him anything else but Winnie P. Nice one, you saw. I like that. My talk of the day is. Please don't tell us about submarines. I've had it. I've had it on. My talk of the day for today has to do with the welcoming of the NRL Indigenous All Stars. Um, here to Aotearoa by the um, by the Modi team, and man, chills when they're doing their haka at their porfiri, and you're hearing the jury doos. I was like, oh yo. I love being brown, man. Yo, you know, it was I, good. I haven't man. seen it yet. Mm. Yeah, getting oh. goosebumps. Yeah, getting yeah. goosebumps. Yeah, because like, because it's just, it's it's something that you wouldn't imagine goes together because it's a clash mm. of two cultures. Like you think right. it's a clash of two different cultures, but it's the coming together mm. of two cultures, and that's just what makes being brown and being from somewhere indigenous and you can carry your indigeneity mm -hmm. with you that's just what makes us like more valuable than you can ever think mm. yes. and that's why I was just like man that's so beautiful it is and so yeah if you guys get a chance to watch it yeah, yeah. and you want to have a cry <laughs> and then after that go on like a spiel like go down a haka rabbit hole like I do sometimes and I'm just <laughs> yeah. like this is my favorite All Blacks haka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, you should watch it. That's mean. I think, yeah, I'm definitely watching after this. We'll also put the link to the video if you want to watch that too. Attach to this. We have our quote of the day, and Docs Fale is going to give us our quote of the day today. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, the original uh, person who said it is unknown, but the quote goes, he who says he can... And he who says he he can't are both usually right. Mm. Mm. Wow. I love that. What does that mean to you? How do you meaning, perceive that? The meaning, uh, the underlining meaning is only you can stop yourself. Mm. If you believe you can do it, it can be done. If you believe you can't do it, it won't happen. Mm. So... It's all up to you. Mm. You're the only one who can stop yourself. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That was a good one. I need to apply that to myself in fitness, to be honest. I'm terrible, man. Yeah. It's like, it's it's so funny. This is just my experience. Mm. Mentally-wise, like when it comes to working and stuff, I can really switch on. Mm. But when it comes to physical, like going into the gym and running, I have a hard time convincing myself. Yeah. Mm. Do you have any advice for people like that? Yes, I think we all go through the same. I mean, 
we all go through it, but in different instances. Mm. But uh, what I've found from my own experience is if you tell, tell yourself you can do it, you know it's going to be hard, but if you say it's going to be fun. Mm. Like, I hate doing burpees. Burpees is one of my oh, enemies, and I hate doing it. Same. But when we have uh, tr uh, training sessions where there's uh, 10 burpees or there's 10 sets of 10, already I've lost. But when I tell myself, just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. 10, get up, enjoy it, breathe, you, you're still alive. And then I find myself just 100 done. Oh, easy. That's so it's it. more of a mental decision to be happy about it mm. instead of seeing it and going oh this is gonna be boring mm. it's gotta be boring it goes back to what we we're just saying yeah. yeah so a little tip hey have fun yeah it's gonna be tough anyways might as well have fun on the way yeah well like yeah like kind of like when we're working out a lot of the times i'm i'm actively complaining in my head mm. while i'm working out and then when I when just when I'm about to be like, nah, I give up. I'm like, Nick said already, we got through it. Mm. You know? So um yeah, what I like about that quote especially, it just kinda reminds me of uh what is it, Dory from Finding Nemo? She's like, just oh, keep yes. swimming. Yeah, just keep swimming. Yeah. You know, he who says I can. Yes. Well, is right. Yeah. So yeah, no, nah, I, I I love that. What do you reckon, Tori? No, I love that. I think it's true because um, when I think that I can do something, like I end up doing it. I th I feel like it's that belief in that. Um, mm -hmm. And then you start coming up with ideas how you mm -hmm. can do it, like how yes, you can possibly yes. do it. But when I when I say I can't do something then I just, I get no ideas on how I can do it. So I think just like shifting, or like for me, in my experiences, when I <coughs> shifted my mindset into believing that I could or that I can, mm -hmm. um, I start becoming a problem solver. Yeah. <laughs> and like yes. it starts opening me up to like all these like possibilities of what I could possibly do mm. to make it happen. Yes. Mm. So I'm, I'm heavy on that. Like sure. if you think you can do it, then you can. Yo. Yeah. Cheers to that, mate. Cheers with Cheers. our water bottle. Cheers with our water. Nah, that's mean as. Thank you so much for that. That was an awesome quote. Um, to all our viewers, I hope that helped encourage you to get through your day. You know, working and fitness and eating healthy is not always easy. But um, with this quote today, I hope it um, puts you in a better mood and a more positive and optimistic view. We'll be right back. Tayaman, we are. Good morning. <laughs> morning everyone we are back here with tox fale um yeah can we just start off with a little light and breezy question if you will <laughs> um yeah, so originally you had gone to Japan to play rugby, yes. right? Why did you all of a sudden switch to professional wrestling? Because a lot of people would just say, oh, going to go play rugby, earn some money, and then after that, come like work a normal job or whatever, whatever normal is. Mm -hmm. But you found a different path, mm -hmm. like kind of what? Mm. made you flip that switch and become a professional wrestler. And I thought I'd also just add, you know, like a lot of our boys, Basfika boys, go overseas, it's either Japan mm -hmm. or Europe for rugby. And a lot of them actually face a lot of disappointment, anxiety, because they maybe didn't make it. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, your experience is very relevant. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Um, it was very difficult. Uh, I do understand exactly how everybody's going through because, you know, growing up uh, as an island child, you're sold this idea that once you make it, sign a contract, you're a millionaire, mm. right? And you're sold that idea so vividly that whatever's put in front of you, you just sign it without 
even reading through. This is what we're having a lot of trouble with in, in our, with our people is we're being taken advantage of by these clubs and, and teams where they know that our culture is, is like that. Mm. Like before I went to Japan, it was, you know, the whole dream was, oh, if you sign for this team, you're already a millionaire because that island family's his son played rugby. Look at that big house in, in, in the islands. They got a new car and all that stuff. Yep. So in my head, I was, I was thinking the same thing. And once I signed that thing to get to Japan, got there, realized, oh, wait, this is just a scholarship. I'm not getting paid. It may sound cool. My family's already talking, oh, my son, he's gone over to <laughs> Japan. You know, we're going to be rich kind mm. of thing. Yeah, there's there's also the carry of, you're carrying your, the, fa- yes. the pride of your family, pride. right? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of, uh, young men and now women who are going overseas to play professionally are having that same trouble because uh, once they get there, they realize what they had in their head and what's written on paper mm. is two different things because once they realize that, it's too late for the family to say, oh, my child is not a professional because the whole village already knows, the whole yeah. country knows. Right. So the parents now has to keep that lie, you know. And right. Yeah, I, I didn't. My family didn't have that problem, but I did. Mm. You know, some some uh, uh, some people, their families do that, and I know friends who have. But I had that pride too. You know, I I had already told everybody I'm going to be this famous rugby player, <laughs> which wasn't true. But I, you know, when somebody hears, oh, he plays in Japan. Yeah. When I went 23 years ago, anybody who went to Japan was became a millionaire because the contracts were so big back then. Right. Mm. Uh, but I f- f- soon found out, oh, I'm not like those those guys. But um, that's the problem that even till now, uh, a lot of young people are having is once they find out, oh, there's not that much money, they still have to keep that lie. Mm. Right. The, and not just them the family has to keep it so they don't want to suffer through the shame the mm. pride mm. yeah so mm. they're, they're so proud they can't just say who cares yeah yeah you know, right? which is the easiest thing to do who cares yeah. my yeah. son failed my daughter failed who cares she can do in something new or she'll, she'll be more successful yeah. doing something else mm. it's easiest that's all you have to say it's all you have to do but but our culture you know it's it's really toxic sometimes we, we should normalize <clears throat> failure yeah it's, we it's should so normal. Oh. it's a yeah. part of the journey like you have to fail yeah, exactly yeah. and yeah. that mm-hmm. you know the entire thing you described yep. also aligns with like kids who don't graduate yep. you yep. know and then yes. we have kids faking degrees yes. shout yeah. out to the Tongan community oh. <laughs> 685 to the world <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but like oh. it, it runs across so many different industries, right? Yes, it does, yeah, it does. yeah. It's, it's 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 because I was so adamant to to shut people up, right? Mm. So I did. I I went and finished high school. I went in and got my degree in in Japan in Japanese because I didn't want people to think, oh, he's a failure. He's a failure, mm. right? And became a professional rugby player. Just because I was so proud, I, I didn't want people to say I'm a failure. But the truth of the matter is, I wish I was taught to accept failure. Mm. Right? And, I, and I preach it now wherever I go. I tell people, you know, it's okay to fail. Mm. If you fail, that's the best way to learn. Mm. And I remember in high school, I've, I've failed tests, I've failed exams, I've failed in rugby, failed in soccer, whatever. And it's always, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you shouldn't go back and study. Go and study harder. No, you failed. Okay, oh, it's okay. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. try it again. Mm-hmm. If you if you fail, you can try it again and again and again. again. Yeah. And you're not taught that in high school. Not taught that in any school. Mm-hmm. These, uh, and I, I hate that. <laughs> if you leave, I also I I wish I could have left school at an earlier age. Because mm. I went and got all my degrees or whatever, and I haven't used it once, right. which tells me that's ten years of my life I just wasted. Mm. Yeah, because I could have just done everything after uni when I was still twenty. Mm. So, 
the system is it's pressure, eh? Pressure, pressure, culture. Yeah, because um, you know you could say that that's possibly a lot of the reason why we have these Pacific athletes, you know, come so close to mm-hmm. cracking first grade and kind of fizzle out, and then people just look, oh, yeah. he, he, that's the guy that could have made it but didn't make it, you know? And it's just like, well, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the toxic side of yeah, our culture. exactly. Right? And, and not, not many people talk about that. Yeah. Right? Mm. And before I failed in rugby, I used to hear about guys who went to league, couldn't mm. make the top grade. Family in Samoa already took out loans to... Yeah. Oh, so wow. already told the whole village. Yeah. So... Getting cut before they even make the top grade, yeah. they couldn't face going home. And I've heard a lot of people, you know, turn to suicide. Yeah, yeah. fuck up, man. Yeah, fuck up, yeah. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. And and I say I went through the same thing because I experienced that when I failed yeah. from rugby. All that went through my mind, and for a whole year I was trying to figure out how to survive and tell my family. And suicide was there. I was lucky I had the right people in my life to uh, mm. keep me here. Yeah. But uh, that's when I understood all those other guys that I heard about. Mm. I was almost at that spot. I was almost. Right. Yeah. Mm. And I understand now why they do that. Mm. And one of the big things, I have the, my dojo here and I've created a, path, created a pathway to Japan, America and Australia, was to help the youth here and at the same time target those guys. Mm. Those guys who go to league, go to rugby, can't make it, but they're already at a professional level. Those are the guys, for years, I based my dojo here because I wanted to target those guys. Nice. Because I went for it. Because if you can't make it in that in that uh, arena, mm. I can pull them out of there and say, hey, I can still give you a chance. Mm. You'll still make your money. You'll still become famous, <laughs> but in a different way. Yeah. yeah. And is there any, like, I'm just thinking about it now. What support systems are in place for those rugby players mm. who don't make it? Because they set their whole life up for this dream, but like for those who don't make it, what happens then? And yeah. what options do they yeah. have? I do know that Levar has partnered up with the rugby Moana Basvika yeah. and the NRL. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. to help, you know, the boys wow. oh, give wild. them therapy, um, a psychologist that yes. they can access after oh, their careers. Wow. So that's one thing, one positive yeah, thing I saw out of that. Yeah. Great. Mm. We should yeah. link that in the Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Great. We love you, Ryan. We love you, Ryan. <laughs> wow. Mm. Yeah, we never had that back then. Yeah, yeah. it must have been a lot harder. Yeah. And there's still, the, the, what I've heard now, it's gotten worse because... They're not at high school. They've moved down to even lower grades, intermediate, signing these kids yeah. years before they even graduate. Have you yeah. guys seen the um, documentary with Elliot on it and how they're signing away boys? Yeah. Have you seen no, that I've one? Heard, oh, I've, yeah, I yeah. Seen it it's basically what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. They signed them like 13, 14, yep. and their family, like the pride comes in. They've, yep. oh, yeah, my son's going to yep. be here, but they pay them really low and no, then yeah. just take them, exploit scout, them, exploit. Yeah. Yep. That was what, um, that's, that's what they did almost, like, to Sonny Bill. Mm. Like, they took Sonny Bill when he was still 16, 17. Yeah, a was, lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. Not even year 12 yet. When it started, some, there was a lot of, a lot of, Sonny Bill had good enough uh, yeah. talent for them to yeah. actually invest in him really good. Yeah. Mm. But there's a lot of um, young people who, who they just get signed because they some clubs don't want them to go to other places. Yeah. Mm. You know, if somebody, oh, we like him too. No, no, he's already signed with us. Right. Yeah. But even if we don't lose him, mm. you can't have him. Yeah. yeah. But but just quickly coming back to failure, would you say that there's would you say that, you know, for, just speaking for yourself, you know, would you say that you failed forward? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Took me a long time to understand that. Yeah, you know, failure a lot. Like, because we're not taught that failure is a good thing, 
when we fail, we think it's a bad thing, which mm. means you're failing backwards. Yeah. You're failing backwards where all you have to do is take one more step forward and you've made it, but we fail backwards and we go, okay, we'll go this way. Mm. Instead of, okay, let's get up again and take one more step because we're almost there. Yeah. But uh, I've learned, after learning that, every failure to me is a godsend because I learned mm. from it. Everything I do when I fail, I, I smile, I sit back and I reflect and I know what to do next. Mm. And sometimes it's fun for me to watch some of my staff when they go through problems and they come to me with these problems and they go, oh, why aren't you worried? I say, because I know what to do, you know. I just need to, I, and then I teach them how to do it. And they go, oh, it's, it's, you do it, we can do it. Mm. That's so true because with mm. failure, I feel like when I've failed or like reach breaking points, that's when I've reached or like I've reached my like biggest realizations or mm. like I've had my biggest learnings. But when I've mm. been, I don't know, somewhat like achieved something or been successful at something, there's, there's really kind of like the learnings compared to, to me failing. I learn way more when I fail. Mm. Yes. Because when you're successful, you're just like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Like, yeah. you don't, you don't, I like, I don't really reflect back on what I did to get to that point. Mm. Whereas when I fail, yes. I'm like, pen and book. Yes. Yes. What did I do wrong? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yes. that's, uh, like, just hearing you say that, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can, like, connect yeah. to that. That's so cool. Mm. Here's a, a great example. Oh, I'm not sure what the percentage is, but it's a very high percentage of people who win lotto, mm. lose it in the first yeah. year or two, yeah. because they don't know how to um, how money works, yeah. Yeah. right? And then people who become really wealthy, they stay wealthy for a long time because even if they lose everything, they can they know how to make it back. Yeah. So there's a big difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, because. Mm. Yeah, I've learned mm. money. The yeah. money thing is like a really interesting thing that I really want to learn about. Mm. But I was, yeah, it's maybe they weren't. Um, oh no, I don't want to say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Go on. No, it's good no, to because talk about I, it. I, I was just thinking, like, like hearing you say that, it's um because they're not in a um they're not acting like a person who makes a million dollars. They're still carrying the same habits as someone who doesn't make a million dollars. Yeah. So they don't know how to handle that's, yeah, that's that exactly. that's true. money and like maintain yeah. that well. Yeah. That's the truth. Uh, yeah. You're 100% right. And, and, and that connects to knowing how money works. Yeah. Like if you're not taught how money works, mm. you don't know how to spend it. You don't know how to save it. You don't yeah. know how to mm. earn it. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm no Bill Gates or anything yeah, like that, same. but like um, money is like a byproduct of the work. So the most important thing is like your work, showing up to the meeting, showing up to everything. And then like, you know how you were saying success feels like so small compared to all the failings that you went through? Yeah. Mm. It's because that's just a byproduct of what right. your, oh, your vision yeah. is. Yeah. So I'm not sorry if I sound too preachy, but I oh. definitely agree with what you guys are saying. Oh. Mm. Yeah. See, that, that reminds me of um, another quote. If you chase the money, the money's going to run. Yeah. If you don't, if you chase your dream, the money will come. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's the truth. Can the money come to me? I've <laughs> <laughs> been chasing my dreams. I've been buying lot of tickets. I've <laughs> been chasing my dreams. No. Yeah. yeah. No, but, yeah. you know, just following in from that, you've had such a huge success in your life. You know, we've talked about the rugby um, dream yeah. not working out the way that you wanted to work out, but you found another avenue, mm. and that was professional wrestling professional in Japan. Wrestling. Yes. Could you tell us a bit about that? Like, why did you decide what was the thought process in your mind? I was like, you know what? Stuff this. I'm going to wrestling. Let a vote. Yeah. Uh, so, failed in rugby. Tried to get back on it. It was uh, at a time where the economy was really bad back in 2006, 7, mm. 8. So, I couldn't find another team. And I had about two weeks left on my visa to stay in Japan. So, I wanted to stay in Japan. And I didn't want to face the failure and come back to New Zealand and everybody, oh, he's a failure. So I looked around in Japan and a friend of mine heard I was leaving and he said, come and try out for this with me. And I thought, what do you mean? He goes, it's wrestling. Mm. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, 
you mean that stuff you in America, the WWE stuff? And he goes, yeah. And I thought, oh, that's easy. You know, you just, you know, better acting. <laughs> <laughs> better acting, you know. So I turned up to the tryout and quickly found out it's not as easy as I thought. So I tried out. I made it. Um, of course, I found out it was harder than the rugby trainings. But, uh, yeah, that's... I thought because I failed in rugby, I better give this one a really good go. And I stuck up, stuck with it, and, yeah, made it. Did really well. <laughs> you guys need to watch... Um, yeah, Lions Raw. Yeah, everyone sign up to New Japan World right now. I'm not giving anyone else my login. <laughs> <laughs> I used his login to watch it. Yeah, um, but such an awesome documentary series about wrestlers in Japan and the training process. He's right. It's worse than rugby training. I was so surprised. And you know how you said, oh, all good. Just got to put on a bit of acting. You know, that was my mindset going into wrestling. I was like, oh, it's just probably just like, you know, throw someone here and fly over there. Yeah. But when I saw the training, they do 2,000 squats, guys. 2,000 squats. Is one session. Warm up. Not one week. It's a warm up. Wait, what is, is it? Is it legal? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Are you guys all right? Do you need therapy? Yeah. <laughs> when the intake is on, and then T-Tux walks through the door and goes, hmm, that rug isn't supposed to be there. It's supposed to be here. Thousand squats, boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the training is yeah. absolutely intense. And if you watch that documentary, <laughs> Lions Roar, you will get an insight. Um, what I also enjoyed about that documentary was um, the style of training. Mm. Like, you're living together, um, the values that you share as a group, you know, all for one, one for all, making sure everyone does everything right. And it requires full commitment. Yes. It's not something you can do part-time, which is what I learned oh. when I watched it. I was like, you can't just say, oh, I want to be a wrestler, but do this million-dollar side hustle on the side. <laughs> or if you can do that, props to you. Yeah. you. You probably do that already. <laughs> you probably do that already. But I thought that was amazing, and the training is super intense. So, like, what do you look for in people? Well, um, like it, we talked about earlier, is, uh, if, if I can find those guys who are already professionals in rugby or whatever sport, but just can't make it to the top, they have the perfect um, uh, level for me to pluck out of wherever they are and make them superstars. Mm -hmm. But if they're not at that level, I'm looking for people who are hungry, like mm -hmm. I was when I was looking for a job mm -hmm. <laughs> after rugby. So hungry, hungry, literally, figur figuratively. Uh, hungry to be successful, hungry to help your parents, mm -hmm. hungry to create a new life. That's what I'm looking for. Mm. And uh, I don't care how big you are, how small you are, male, female, doesn't matter. If you have that hunger of changing your life or making it to the next level in, in this area, I will pick you. So when we do our tryouts, have our trainings, if you don't show me that this is what you want, then I'll just respectfully put you to the side and say thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> There's the door. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> nah, that's mean. And I guess like um, what you're talking about, you need them to be ready and hungry because you know how people can change when they get money and yes. the clout, the fame. Do you look out for those things as well? Like can yes. they handle being under that spotlight? Yes, uh, the mm. style of training we do. I, I've taken it from Japan because I went through the whole thing um, mm. and became the first foreigner to actually complete it. So I understand exactly how it works. So what I wanted to do was bring that same discipline, same way, they, same culture and, and apply it here to who, whoever wants to join. And I found that's the, the humbleness of Japanese people the cleanliness, right. the, the kindness that they have is all because of the type of trainings and things they do. And most of the time, it's not what you do in the ring or in the field. Mm. This goes to every sport in Japan, every company they have over there. It's what you do outside. Right. Right? For example, like you're saying, if I come in and your house is dirty, I don't want to work with you. Mm. If I come in and if, if, your, if your car is full of rubbish, I don't want to work with you. 
because I know you're a messy person. I don't want you to, I don't know if I can make money with you because you just. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So if I see you're on point, it tells me you, you want to get to the point. You want to uh, make people feel good. Because mm. to be honest, you walk into a gym or a house and it's dirty. Do you want to stick around and hang out or. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, What's the the feng shui? Feng shui. Feng shui. Feng shui. Nice. It, it's... Oh, I know clearing, what that is. It's like clearing out... Um, Items clearing, from clear, your yeah, Clearing out your space and like therefore clearing out your mind. Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's and it's like, like a, a whole architecture yeah. thing, yeah. eh? If you go into any space. Japanese house or restaurant, you'll, you'll feel a different way. Even mm. Chinese uh, proper restaurant. Yeah. Because the furniture is set out in certain ways. The, the plants are position in certain ways and it makes you feel good like i see this plant i go wow mm. that's amazing it's right there you know if you put it somewhere else i might feel differently mm. like if you put it outside I'll, I'll, you just see it as like an i'll outside just see plant. a wall yeah, no, yeah i mean i look at the wall and there's a plant there and i'm like wow that's pretty cool like mm. i feel good mm. you know what i mean and and that's the culture of japan like i'm pretty sure you've seen in the movies where they do those rocks yep. with the rakes yeah. patterns and in their backyards, most of them have that. Wow. Because they just sit there and look at it. It's just visual positivity, visual mm. energy. Mm. And and that's what we teach. You, anybody can do what you, uh, we do in the ring, um, but we teach you how to be safe. Mm. But what's more important for us is how you survive outside of the ring. Mm. When you leave our place, when you leave our dojo, you go home. I get so many students who message me when they leave. Oh, my mom's so surprised. I said, why? Because I was washing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You got them to do their chores. No, and, and yeah. they do it because they want to. Mm. And that's why their families are surprised. Because they, when they see something that's out of place, they'll get up. Oh, I got to do this. And then they'll sit down and go, oh, I feel good because it's not, you know, yeah. back it's where it's supposed to be. Man. And, and that's what we teach. As your students, mm. do they so when you when they go through their training sessions, do they come and live at the yes. yeah. dojo for how long? For however long they want to make it, till they make it. How long? Oh. Did, how, how long did Oscar stay? Oscar stayed a year. Yeah. We had a German boy come and uh, stay with us for a whole year, and then got him got a contract to Japan. Now he's wow. really doing yeah. really well. Yeah. Fale mm -hmm. had fun throwing him around earlier this year. <laughs> I wow. think that's so cool, yeah. man. And yeah. like, I have so much to say, but I don't want to take up camera space. Um, <laughs> the values, it's the values for me, how yes. important it is to like clean your room. Oh, it really yes. tells a lot about a person. Yeah. And you know, people, some people may actually hear this and think, oh, he's judgmental. He doesn't work with anyone whose house is not clean. But there's in such a deep psychological yes, meaning to it. It, it shows like your aura, your yeah, well-being. Yeah. And that's something I had to learn through my like health journey is yeah, that yeah. your mental health is directly related to your space. Yes. And the fact that you're teaching it from home, like yeah. Fale Dojo, where the boys can come and stay and understand how a home works. Mm -hmm. That's like so important mm -hmm. because that aligns with the family unit and yeah. why family is it important. Is. So I... Honestly, big ups to you. I agree with so much what you're saying. I'm really appreciating this conversation, man. Can I'm I, feeling uplifted can right I now. Can just ask one more question? Yeah. Isn't it weird that it's called Fale Dojo? Like, isn't that just house house <laughs> in two different languages? No, no. Dojo means the way. Oh. Yeah. So I'm, Karate Dojo would meaning the Karate way. Oh, uh, so it's not yeah. karate house? No, no. Fale means house, which means Fale is way. The way of the house. <laughs> the, way the, of way of the, house. <laughs> the way of the house. The way of the house, yeah. Fale is way. That is yeah. so mean. Dojo means the way. See, I the learned way. something. <laughs> I learned something. I actually learned something. We'll be right back, guys. Tayama and we are. child of migrants um, I am too and I think much of what drives me is this kind of need to make sure that their sacrifices was worth it and I was wondering is that what drives you as well 
yes, I think most most of it is, is that mm. trying to give back. Because honestly, why why are we here? You know, some 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 people may say, oh, a lot of different cultures don't really treat their parents the way we do. Mm. Or some of them, when they leave home, they never think twice about where their parents are, or what they're up to. Yeah. But in our culture, it's your parents is everything. Why? Mm. Because they're the reasons why we're here, mm. and especially coming from the islands to find a new life and build a new life in in a in a different country. That's not an easy thing. Mm. Um, of my family, there was there's eleven of us, and back in the eighties, my parents found a way to get all of us uh, here to New Zealand and bought a house, put us all through school, <laughs> and it's not not an easy thing. I don't know about today, but back then uh, it was very hard. Mm. Yeah. So one of my big goals was. Of course, set them uh, free of all their debts, and wow. I was able to achieve that through my uh, failures in, in Japan. <laughs> to yeah, yeah, no failing, and, and those failures got me to where I needed to be, and that's how I ended up uh, being able to buy them a house. So you bought your parents a house. That's like yes. legit the ultimate. Yeah, that's the ultimate dream. Yeah, that's mm. the my, like the child of a migrant's dream. Yeah, is to be able to buy their parents yeah. a house or mm. like free them of debt. Yeah. How did that feel? Like, what was that whole process oh, like? Oh man, that's in, in the Tongan culture. If any family who owns their house is the ultimate, ultimate pride, pride in Tonga. If, if, if you want to know what it is in Samoa? No. It's cars. <laughs> oh, really? No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Samoans your cars. cars. <laughs> yeah. You've seen the tennis balls and the flashy lights everywhere. Samoans oh. take pride in their cars and their homes too, but sorry, I didn't mean to add Samoa <laughs> to that description of Tonga. But that's fine. Yeah. It's okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, but growing, yeah, for me, growing up, uh, it's what I heard around the community. You know, they always ask, oh, does that person own their house? Does that person own their house? And when somebody says, yeah, like their shoulders, like, yeah, <laughs> you own our house. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I could see that, you know, visually I could, I could tell, oh, man, that family's successful. And my parents finally bought a house but couldn't afford to pay the mortgage mm. um, every month. So it was a constant struggle for years and years. And then everybody got married and had kids and moved out, had their own problems, but my parents were still there struggling, struggling. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I started to get a little bit of um, money uh, in rugby, you know, here I was being a, a dumbass, trying to live the, oh, my superstar, lost all that when, when that failed. And then I had I realized I needed to get into gear and uh, you know try and help mom and dad out. Mm. So when I started making a little bit of good money in wrestling, uh, I made it a goal. So I would come every year, I'd come back every year and ask my dad, uh, show me a list, your list of your of your bills. Mm. And I'd, I'd if, if it took me a year, I'll do it. I'll pick one. What that year I could. The next year, my pay will go up a little bit more. Then I'll come back and say, okay, I'll take care of these two. And then every year, I'll just set my goal just to work my way down. And then the biggest one was the house. Mm. And when I got to that, it was there was a lot of issues and stuff. And I just, the easiest way for me was to buy it off them. Mm. And my parents were in their 60s when I bought it. They're in their 70s now, but when I bought it off them, they were in their 60s. Before they sold it to me, I didn't think they would reach uh, 70 because the stress mm. it made them look like they were 80. Mm. But the, the f once I took that off their names and they could just relax and not think about paying anything, man, <laughs> they're in their 70s and they look younger than my older brother mm. because the stress is gone. Mm. 
Did your parents give you a good deal on the house, or? <laughs> they, I actually, they gave me a really, really good deal, but I, I just told them, no, 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 do it at this price, mm -hmm. so you guys can enjoy what you, you've uh, done. Yeah, and, I, and and what is it? Whenever your parents drop into the dojo, they're like, <laughs> you know, especially your dad, he's just come in and he's like, eel. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, your dad comes in and he offers to trade with us, and I'm just like, no, just enjoy yourself, you know? And yeah. it's, yeah. And when when I see them, they, they come in and they're always gleaming because they're yeah. like, that's my son's trip. Yeah. yeah. My son bought this car, yeah. you know? And they can just live the easy life. Like, you yeah. know, like I, I can't imagine. How happy they feel, but also how happy you feel that you've been oh, able man. to like. Yeah, I, I I gotta talk about that too because for years when I was younger, my dad would give a lot of money to the church. Yeah, mm. a lot of money, and I, I I'm guilty of complaining of it. My brothers and sisters would always complain about it. Yeah, and he would always say, "The more you give, the more blessings you're gonna get." Mm. I remember him saying that when we were kids for a long time. Even when we were struggling, he was a the more you give, the, the more, more you're blessings gonna, you're gonna yeah. get. And that all came true when I started getting becoming successful. And mm. everybody around them would say, see, that's all they're giving. Yeah. They're giving. Now your son's got a good job. Mm. And, and I believe that. And if, we go back to talking about money. Right? Here's another another secret. The more you give away, the more you're gonna get. Right. So when I get paid, when I get money, if I Spend it on my parents. I spend it on my family, and I don't like holding on to it. But yeah, I hold on to yeah. It, it, I feel like oh, I'm gonna, I, no, 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 no. It's gotta go. Yeah, it's, to me, it's kind of like a negative thing. It's just hold on to, it, hold on to. It. Mm. But when I have it, if I can spend it to make you happy, if I get okay. Okay, it's my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, <laughs> in that case I'm, I'm give you my bank account. <laughs> we can, I can do that, but the, like I said, you got to understand how money works. Yes. Like, you know, what would make you real happy? Hey, if I if I ordered a bunch of pizzas, that'll make everybody happy. Mm -hmm. If I just give out money, it's going to go and stay in here for you guys, right? And you're going to be like, there's the neg negativity again. But mm -hmm. I realized the more I spend on people to get to to feel more positive and yeah oh man and the blessings just come and mm. i believe the, the teaching my dad and my grandparents did the same thing i never understood until the last mm. five ten years that's a very common teaching in pacifica communities the more you give yes. but i feel like when you stay in a western nation it's more about me. Yes. Do more for yourself. Like, yes. if you can't do this, you know, don't go out of your way. Yes. But that's the struggle. I, fe I feel like for yes. myself personally, that's the struggle I've had to come through yeah. is believing that if you give, you just have to have that faith um, that you will get blessings from it. And I feel like people should adopt it more because I feel like not many people believe that it's mm -hmm. true yeah. because you have to wait and witness it. Whereas if you're going to sit there and think, me, 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 I'm yeah. going to save this money for me, you just see it immediately. Yeah. The response is immediate. Yeah. But, um, That's yeah. so true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it's, what is it? Well, we'll just use Pacific Circles as yeah. an example. I mean, we live in a Western country, even though it's Maori land. It's Maori country. Um, but we live in a capitalist society, society. Mm -hmm. where all the wealth is supposed to to trickle from the top down mm. right but we all know it's concentrated at the top in pacific circles we're built on reciprocity mm. like you know when i'm when i'm in my time of need the community comes mm. and helps me out mm. when other people are in their time of need we show up mm. uh -huh. and i remember and i remember thinking that like all the time growing up, I was like, why are we giving to the mm -hmm. church, man? Why are mm -hmm. we giving to this funeral of someone that I don't know? Yes. Even though I still complain sometimes. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, mom, dad, how much <laughs> these guys need? Yeah. Um, you know, but it's so true when you said that, like, you know, the more you give, the more you get back. Mm. Yeah. Because I've wow. witnessed people rally for me and mine when we were in our like need when we needed it and i was just mm -hmm. like man 
you know it's true it's mm. absolutely yeah. true yeah. yeah when they say yeah you know like mm. it's built on reciprocity and absolutely and like i'm not going to pretend like it's not a problem like in the samoan mm. community um if you go through our tiktoks there's a bunch of youth just complaining why are we gonna do for oh yeah <laughs> sure we'll be able to buy a house and then complain about fight love loves, which is kind of our someone system of um giving to families in need mm. so the youth it's a common problem yeah. like we we're trying we're always seeing giving as a negative mm. well not always yeah. let me scratch that um we see giving to the church or families we don't know as a negative but um, yeah. I think there's a sorry. Mm-hmm. There's a conf- confliction because I do also agree with those people complaining about giving too much. Mm. Yeah. Because sometimes the people in the islands are asking too much. Sometimes you'd I'd go back to my to the islands and realize some of my family members have a way more than we do here. Yeah. They're dressed more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the watches, eh? Yeah, because everybody all over is giving them money. And then and then and then they feel like, oh yeah, we can get whatever we want. Yeah. But then the ones who really need it, they get affected because the, the ones who are sending it are thinking, oh, they just want it because, you know, they can get it. And there's the confliction and right. In, mm. in that, uh, I think, but at the same time, it's the comes down to the culture. I think, mm. like, in, if you grew up in the islands, you you just give it freely, yeah. you yeah. share it, yeah. yeah. But if you come and you learn the the culture here, it's different. It's different. Mm. Yeah. And then the two cultures clash. That's when everything starts to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so mm. true about the giving thing. That's why there's no, there aren't that many Tongan millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm mime. If you're listening, I'm miming giving out money. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely, it's mm-hmm. culture, and like you know, what love love is, and Tongans we call it fuakavenga. Mm-hmm. We often give more than we can. Yeah. I mean, we often give more than we have. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you know, you should know that you know whatever's in your hands more than enough mm. yeah because when we all come together and go yes oh it's game over it's game over mm. yes. but also like yeah because you know like there's sometimes i feel like we can like exhaust ourselves with like the giving thing when we go and give like us banks for loans to give money to fat mm. lovey lovers and stuff mm. and it like in turn like we're suffering so like yeah like, those things like just like putting up certain boundaries and trying to figure out things like for for me i feel like my parents love them so much mm-hmm. they're the best um but i've like also like watched them over exhaust themselves, themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and and i hate watching that as a child like you would hate mm-hmm. watching your parents um like overextend themselves and yeah. exhaust themselves like give mm-hmm. past their capacity and that's something I want to, I'm figuring out and I'm trying to move through that and unlearn. And so I was wondering if you were on that same journey or if you had to um, move through that same journey and if there's anything that your parents taught you that you had to unlearn. I'd say not taught but learnt just from watching is the uh, sometimes we get, we're too humble. Mm. Is one of the biggest things yep. in, in our culture is keep your mouth shut mm. and just you know do, do what you're told yep. and that's one of the big things. Of course, I, I I did I do feel the same way you did you do from watching them give too much. Mm. But at the same time, I've learned how to control giving too much and give when they need it. Mm. Um, but the main thing is. Our culture is a very humble, humble culture, and sometimes we're too quiet. Mm. Right. One of the reasons why I'm successful is because I learned how to speak up when I need to. Mm. And going through um, the first couple of years in wrestling, uh, being in a faction or team, and me and another Tongan uh, member would be getting such a low amount of pay every year where the other guys who 
I'm not Tongan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would we'll be getting three, four times what we were getting. Wow. Mm. But I didn't blame them because that's how they were taught and brought up to ask for what you want. Yeah. Where our culture is just shut up, mm. do what you're told. What you get is what you get. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's like um, the be loud in the right spaces. Yeah. Because mm. I got in trouble. I can't, a teacher or something, we were young. And they were like, because we were laughing really loudly in class, being annoying and disruptive. <laughs> and then they were like, but we were quiet when it came down to the right times of mm -hmm. like, actually, um, when we had to speak our mind or like mm -hmm. confront mm. something. Yeah. And she was like, you guys are loud in the wrong spaces. You need mm. to be loud in the right spaces. Yes. Mm. So it's like. That's true. Yeah. But you're not taught that in the island, island culture. It's, it's just be quiet. Yeah. Right? And accept what you're given. Right. Mm. Right, that's something I, I had to learn. In rugby, I was like that. Right. Same thing. I, I got into a team. This is how much you're getting. Thank you very much. Mm. Where the other guys will come, they weren't happy with what they saw. They negotiated. And they, negotiate, they knew how to negotiate and knew how to talk. And they'll come out with their signing something way more than I was. Mm. And I would think to myself, why? And then I'll talk to my other Tongan friends and Samoan friends and playing rugby in Japan. And they were similar to me. And then everybody else was coming, coming from other cultures. They were getting way more than all of us. Right. And then I understood, you know, when I got into wrestling, I learned how to speak up. Wow. You know how you um, went through that journey of learning how to speak up? You know, we've discussed um, how you get a reaction from, like, mm -hmm. who you're going to be approaching and stuff like that. But did you get a reaction from fellow Pasvika people for being more confident? saying what you need yes. to say was yes. it a good reaction or was it a very negative yeah right. oh. see very that's negative. interesting to me mm -hmm. because you know you're saying it's a specific way to accept what you're given yes. and then when we come across personalities or characters who are not in that yeah. term and they know their boundaries they know what they want from something or a place mm. and then we kind of those kind of personalities mm. get excluded sometimes I'm not saying all the time yes. how did you deal with that I was <sighs> I'm still dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah. not easy. It's never easy. Yeah. Um, you know, mainly because those people are still in the same workspace that I'm in. And they see the success I was getting because I spoke up. Mm. And, you know, it ruins friendships. It ruins your family uh, wow. relations. But still dealing with it, uh, uh, meaning... It's on the men now because those people are starting to understand how to use their voice now. Mm. And they're starting to talk to me again in, in a positive way because now they understand where I'm coming from. Right. Whereas before, when I learned how to uh, speak up at the right time, and I, I didn't learn from, um, I wasn't taught. It was just me studying, going on YouTube, mm. listening to the right speakers, and they would give me tools to use like learning how to recognize what's right and what's wrong when you're in a negotiation and and learning to understand when you're being taken advantage of and i realized that last last 17 years because in rugby we're all being taken advantage of mm. you know here's how much we can afford to give you Oh, thank you very much. Oh, I'm so grateful because that's all they can afford. Mm. No, that's <laughs> somebody. Mm, so somebody yeah, so they will say no, 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 no. Yeah. They will always throw the, the smallest amount at you. Yeah. When I learned that, I started to experiment. I say, I looked at it. I said, uh, a little bit higher, please. <laughs> and they'll sit back and they'll look at me. They go, mm, okay. Mm. You like that one? Is it? Better, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I would have never been able to do that before. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I started learning throughout the years. I got to the point where I grabbed the van and I chuck it around and I walk outside and they'll come running. Yeah, come yeah. On, come back, come back, come back. And that's come an back. They always try to, that's an try to play with you, eh? That's an interesting negotiation tactic. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's that's the point of. Uh, you know, learning to use your voice, and that's yeah. your voice right there. I mean, but like you, I guess you also proved your value. Yes. As well, you know, you you not only no. know inherently that 
I'm worth this much. Yes. But you've also shown I'm actually worth this much yeah. and more. Yeah. If you give me more. Yeah. And I yeah, I like that. That's good. No, it's true. It's true. Next and I feel sorry for our, our, our people, especially in in sports, because a lot of them can't speak for themselves. Mm. One, they can't speak English or Japanese. <laughs> true. <laughs> totally. So they have people who talk for them, but then, yeah. you know, they have their own uh, agendas. So mm. it's it's very difficult. Mm. Wow. That, I feel like I want to have like a, a separate podcast with you just to teach oh. us how to negotiate. Yeah, we should have a negotiation episode. Yeah, because that might have been hard to move through, right? Like when yes. you're like first starting, you're mm. like, oh, this is my, like you understand your value now. Yeah. Like how how did you do that? Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. Be... Yeah, man, it was, yeah, what, if you want to, we can do that. Mm. It's very, it's a whole different world, mm. especially when you get into business, business or oh, Different world, so different language. So right now we're talking to Toxfale, <laughs> Tongan man. <laughs> and then when the music hits, that's <laughs> bad luck, Fale. <Yeah. laughs> and then when he's in the boardroom, Toxfale, yeah. businessman. <laughs> See, you know, nah, nah, but I like that because it goes to show that as Pacific people, mm. we wear many different hats. Yes. Mm. And all these different boxes and labels, mm -hmm. you know, don't dictate who we are. Mm -hmm. If anything, that's yeah. another badge that I could add yes. to all the different badges that I already yes. have. Mm. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for that. No. Yeah. You know who some of my uh, um, heroes were? Mm. Oscar Knightley. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi. Right. Um, who? Sorry, I forgot his name, but he was uh, the orator who made the orator. Who's ah, Tomasisi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Um, Litama. Litama Hori. These guys, to me, watching their movies, mm. it, it didn't. I wasn't seeing them as a hero because of the movies. They were heroes to me because they found out a way to speak up and do what everybody else is doing mm. at their level, right? Because, man, I was in Japan and then there's this cartoon animation came out called Bros Town. Oh. And I was amazed. Wait, Islanders made this? Mm. How? <laughs> they can do this? I had, it was such a eye opener for me. Yep. And then, <laughs> Taika, look where he is right now. Yeah. Oh, man. The Orator is one of the first movies that I watched, and I thought, man, if someone can make a great movie like this, I want to do that. Mm. And that's how I got into doing some of this stuff. Um, Lions Roar. Yeah. Uh, the Rogue General. Because I had ideas, and I, and I wanted to do them, but every time I'd pitch it to people, they'd say, oh, no, you can't do that. No, no, no. Mm. But I knew my uh, my heroes never never gave up. Yeah. And then I met the right people, and hey, we got it done. Yeah. Mm. Now I'm, I'm I'm a producer. I got a credit that says I'm a producer mm. and nice. actor. Yeah. <laughs> you have Tom a, and Rogue General. Do you have I'm uh, IMDb? Profile? I have. I'm not sure. I oh, think he, I, yeah. You should. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Man, you can do it. We can do what everybody else does. Mm. You just don't give up. Try it, fail, try it again. All of a sudden, you got a movie. Mm. You got The Orator, one of the greatest movies I've Such ever seen. Such a good seen. film. Oh, yeah. He's, a great, he's mm. a great director. Yeah. Storyteller. Have you watched that movie? Mm -hmm. What are the 40s? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. That's my favorite scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 40s. <laughs> Shout out to Alpha. Um, oh, yeah. Alpha's, yeah, he's awesome. The 40s. Oh. Defense. Defense. Discipline. Discipline. Deco. Deco's the last one. Oh. Defense. Discipline. Oh, man. Oh, how did I forget it? the third one? Oh, the three Ds. Oh, the, oh, the three Ds. Yeah. Oh, defense, uh, discipline, and, and daggle. <laughs> nah, it's great. And um, also, I I found you know you just sharing your heroes. Um, there was a Samoan producer who made The Grinch. Yes. The Hunger Games. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, bro, I saw, I was watching The Grinch with my daughter, and then I saw Laauli, and I was like, 
that's a Samoan name. Whoa. I'm yeah. gonna search it up. And he's worked on like with really big films. Whoa. What's his What's his name again? Um, um, Laoli producer. La- you know, I remember that was it the the Oscars or no? What's the other one? Global Globe uh, Golden Globes. A Tongan lady won some award on that. Is a director or producer of some show? Yeah, I saw. Oh, I saw. Was it the? How <clears throat> um, It was that Netflix series. Aldrich she, uh, yeah. I think she did the. Um, yeah, it was the Thai to- Cove one. Was it that? I one? don't know, but all I remember is oh, Tongan and a Tongan name, and she went up to get her award. Wow. So we're in these spaces, mm. you know. It's just, what is it? Aldrich. Aldrich like Oli Porter. Yeah. Mm. Like he just flies low. Like you wouldn't know unless you yeah. saw the credits. Yeah. Right. I love that. Mm. You know his work, but you don't know him. Nah, thank you so much, Docs um, Vale, for coming onto our show. We appreciate this. Um, I don't know so much. This conversation has been highly positive. And our energy has certainly been lifted today. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.